Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would and credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Increase the Reality with Shane Jones. What is up, Inquirers, and welcome to Increase of Our Reality. I'm your host, Shane, as always. And uh, I got an awesome episode for you guys today involving a link between the paranormal and the extraterrestrial, which is something that's commonly talked about in the community, but I don't feel like there's enough solid, solid connections. But these two guys, they definitely make some awesome connections between the two and use some of the practices that you'd use for paranormal investigations linked in with some abductee investigations. But before we get into this great episode today, I, of course, have some news, and we have to hit the front of the house stuff. So for anybody that hasn't already seen it already, I am doing some exclusive giveaways as far as there is a Patreon-exclusive giveaway, and there is a social media-exclusive giveaway. So if any of you guys are interested in possibly picking up some shirts or some extra stuff for you guys, uh, definitely go and check that one out. And on another note, as far as the Patreon goes, if it hasn't already dropped already, uh, we are working on a Patreon-exclusive show that will involve Oren and I, and we will probably drop the first episode or two on the normal feed and on the YouTube, but uh, we want to try to do something exclusive to just the Patreon members, so that's going to be something that's in the works. It's going to be either weekly or bi-weekly, but kind of in the talks as far as that goes, but the first episode, if it hasn't dropped already, we'll be dropping very soon to try to give back a little bit more to you Patreon members. And moving into the front of house, check me out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Discord. Uh, The Discord is continuously building up, doing a lot more over there. I'm a lot more interactive over there. Uh, There's constant conversation going on all day. So if that sounds like something you guys might be interested in, uh, definitely go and check out the Discord. And if anybody's interested in being guests on the show or having me on your show, or if you're interested in sponsoring the show in some way, shape, or form, get a hold of me through social media or through the email, which is inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. And uh, if anybody wants to report an encounter, I do have a specific email set up for that. It is OMM encounter reports at outlook.com. 
or you guys can go, go to the link tree and it should be about the third tab down. You'll see something that says report and encounter. I'd love to collect all of those and possibly even talk about them on the show. But you know, when you guys shoot me a message, we can discuss just exactly what you want me to do with your encounter. If you want to keep it just between us, that's totally okay too. But uh, don't be afraid to report your encounters because I would absolutely love to hear them. And if you can't get enough of what I do, I always mention on every single show, go and check out Bizarre Encounters. That's my other show I do with my awesome co-host, Oren, where we deep dive into uh, the paranormal, uh, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, all that fun stuff. Any type of thing that could be categorized as a Bizarre Encounter, we definitely deep dive and talk about on the show. Mainly now, the show's kind of turned into us digging into stuff, but we're always happy to take guests on if you guys have anything that you guys would like to share. And if you guys want to keep tabs on everything I do, you guys can go and follow Open Minds Media across social media, of course. And if you guys want to support the show, you guys can go and become a Patreon member. I have recently updated those tiers again, so there's a lot of new benefits to go and check out. Uh, You'll get things such as ad-free episodes, early access to episodes, lives of episodes, live replays of episodes, uh, exclusive Patreon shows, uh, exclusive Patreon giveaways, merch store discounts. Uh, there's a lot a lot of really, really cool stuff going on over there. So if that sounds like something you guys might be interested in, don't forget to go and check it out. And I do offer a seven-day free trial for, I believe, the $5 tier. So if you guys want to check it out a little bit before you actually sign up, that option is always there now. And if you guys want to donate to the show directly, you guys can do so through PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And if you guys donate, uh, it doesn't give you some type of option to leave a personalized message. Shoot me a message. Let me know that you guys donated because I'd love to give you a shout out in the show. And all of that will go back towards uh, me being able to vend, go out and meet more of you guys, get new pockets of listeners. So all of it's going to help the show. So anything you guys are willing to do, I absolutely appreciate it. And Third, you guys can uh, go and check out the Open Minds Media merch store. Over there, you'll find stuff for Inquiries Are Reality, Bizarre Encounters, and a bunch of other extra crypto designs that I'm starting to work on over there. Uh, I'm always trying to expand that merch store, so if there's anything you guys would like to see over there, let me know, and I would, I'd be more than happy to include it over there. And the fourth way you guys can support the show is through sharing it through word of mouth with a friend. It's an awesome way to help it grow. And you guys can always leave a review or rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. And if you guys leave a five-star review on iTunes, then I will read on the show, of course, and give you a shout out. And speaking of that, today's five-star review comes from Robert Pittman. And he says, from Texas, excellent voice and cadence. Content is great. And uh, thank you to uh, Robert for leaving that awesome review. Definitely appreciate it. Stuff like that helps it so that the algorithm makes it so that more people are able to see the show and it's a way to help the show continuously grow. So if you guys are uh, in the business of helping out a, helping out a podcaster to keep uh, bumping up his show, then please, please, please leave those reviews and ratings. But if you guys don't feel like doing any of that, of course, I'm just happy you guys are here listening to the show because I wouldn't be doing any of the show without you guys. And just having you guys out there listening means absolutely the world to me. And uh, while we're talking about supporting creators, don't forget to go and check out Joe over there, Crypto Theology, killing it as always with his merch designs. Uh, I know he has a bunch of new stuff in the works, so there should be a bunch of new stuff dropping very soon, but that guy's always working, always creating new stuff. So there's always new stuff to go and check out every single time you go and check out his website. And to all you paranormal researchers out there, if you want to get yourself a really, really cool all-in-one paranormal investigating device, don't forget to go and check out the Chattergeist. It's created by Dimension Devices. It's uh, one of my personal favorite devices that I've used so far as far as paranormal investigating goes. And if you guys have any questions whatsoever about it, you guys can always uh, hit up the Dimension Devices Instagram. And the guy who runs that is actually the guy who programs it, so he could help you with any tech questions that you might have. 
And if you guys are interested in picking one up for yourself, uh, go and use my affiliate link. It helps out the show. And uh, every single thing that I've mentioned, of course, is all available in the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, authors, writers, and researchers, Dan Baldwin and George Sewell. How's it going today, guys? Doing great. Going fine. Looking forward to a good evening. Absolutely. So uh, I guess for anybody that may not be familiar with who you guys are and what you guys do exactly, why don't you uh, let them know a little bit about you guys selves? Well, we're, we're here in our capacity as uh, co-authors and co-researchers in certain arena. Uh, in this particular book that we'll be discussing, Paranormal Pendulum 3, uh, we were using uh, pendulum dowsing, and Dan's an expert in pendulum dowsing, as a research tool into uh, a lady who lives in Shreveport, Louisiana, who has a lifelong history of what would otherwise be called alien abductions. And I'd never come across an instance where pendulum had been used as a research device into uncovering or learning more about these particular phenomena. And... Dan had his pendulum, I had Lindsay, and uh, we learned a lot. See, I've, I, yeah, I've never actually heard of anybody doing that before. So. Yeah, but it's a first. It's a first for that, that category. Yeah, this got started. I'll give you a little background. Uh, I'm a pendulum dowser. I've been doing it. Uh, I, I'm new to the psychic world. I call myself in my books a psychic on training wheels. I've been doing it about uh, 20 years. And I got a lot of experience, uh, primarily looking for missing persons, and then got into looking into uh, contact with the spirit world, which kind of led into uh, uh, the UFO phenomenon. But I wrote a book called uh, Pendulum Dowsing, uh, Dowsing the Deceased, which is basically a how-to book for people who want to contact uh, the spirit world using the, the dowsing technique. And uh, George was my principal researcher, to say the least on that book and finishing that book, I had another book uh, from all the research. And so I've created P Paranormal Pendulum 2, which is basically what it's like on the other side. And while George and I were researching that book, George got a phone call about a woman who's saying, uh, I think maybe I've been uh, abducted by aliens. So I got a phone call from George. Hey, Dan, do you think we can use pendulum dowsing to investigate the UFOs? And I said, well, let's give it a shot. And that's how we ended up with Paranormal Pendulum 3, the abduction of Lindsay Higgins. How exactly do you guys think it uh, it correlates where it ends up actually working together? Do you think it's more of because these uh, aliens are extraterrestrials or more of like a, like a non-physical kind of spiritual thing or they exist in the same realm as the paranormal so you're able to kind of use some of the same tools in order to communicate with them? Yeah, just my personal theory is... Uh, Pendulum dowsing, I think, connects with the spirit world and also with the, uh, for lack of a better term, ETs, because your subconscious mind is doing all the work. And apparently, uh, everything we know about the ETs, at least some of them, is they communicate tele telepathically. And I think the subconscious mind uh, trends naturally towards that. So I think it's, I think that's one of the reasons it's so easy to contact both the spirit world and uh, the uh, UFO world. Well, the way Dan describes using the pendulum is that when you're looking at the pendulum itself, basically that, that's your conscious mind being focused, and that frees up your subconscious mind, 
to receive information from whatever sources. So um, it's, it's a very effective tool for having two-way communication between where we are right now and whatever the other information sources are and wherever they're located. And one of the really nice things about using the pendulum is that it can be a very lengthy conversation. Um, whereas in other types of, you know, this kind of communication, it's often very limited. Um, so there was a lot that we learned with the pendulum. And uh, again, that's what the book is all about. It, it covers a lot of territory. So, yeah, we're using the pendulum dowsing techniques. Yeah, you're, you're not limited to hoping you get an EVP or a knock on the wood, knock on wood or some kind of strange feeling. You can have legitimate conversations of considerable length and you can conduct uh, actual research. You can ask questions uh, like, like you would with anyone else, uh, you know, physically present. Uh, and then you can verify or debunk according to news reports, interviews, uh, books, whatever. But you can uh, have really long-term conversations and conduct real uh, serious interviews. So for anybody that might not be familiar with how the pendulum works exactly, um, is it more of like something that it comes across in your own mind or does it spell out words for you exactly? Like how, how exactly does it function? Basically, it's, it's a yes or no situation. You hold the pendulum. And again, your, your subconscious mind drives the, the muscles in your fingers to provide the answer. You know, the, the, uh, the information is downloaded from above through your subconscious, your subconscious moves, actually moves the pendulum. And you ask a yes question. You have to ask yes or no type question. You can't say, uh, why did something happen or how did something happen? You've got to go step by step by step. So it's a, a very mm -hmm. labor intensive process, but it's very accurate. So, uh, so you know, if you're trying to get a description of somebody. You, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to say it requires a degree of discipline on the half mm -hmm. of the pendulum dowser not to influence, if you will, the movement with his or her own preconceived notions. So that it, 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 it takes practice to reach that state of neutrality in order to effectively use the pendulum. And uh, you can get the answer that you can get the answer that you want to get, but the idea is to get the answer that you should get. So um, as far as the pendulum goes too, what kind of, uh, what was your draw to it exactly? Did you kind of have like a, like an awakening where you felt that you, it was something that you should be using exactly, or was it just something that you kind of found an interest in and then kind of developed an understanding of and started using it more? Yeah, I looked into it. I, uh, uh, about 20, 22 years ago, I felt uh, an immense, strong, emotional call to find missing children. It was uh, overpowering. And, um, uh, as I said many times before, I'm, I'm not a, uh, a policeman, a trained investigator, but uh, I remember one time my mom said that we had a psychic uh, line running through the family, and I said, I will, you know, I'll try this psychic business. And so I visited with different psychics. I tried different methods, you know, uh, scrying, uh, tarot cards, whatever. And one day I just happened to, to look out at a psychic bookstore with a woman who was doing the pendulum, and I said, I can do that. And so I picked it up and... Uh, uh, and the self-trained uh, pendulum dowser. So I, I looked into it. And then uh, as far as the, the case went that you guys started looking into, uh, how, what exactly did you end up figuring out uh, once you started trying to communicate through the, through the uh, pendulum? <laughs> I'm going to let George handle most of that, but 
what we thought was going to be. Yeah, I'm dumping this one on you, boy. What we, George and I thought was going to be a pretty standard alien abduction uh, uh, investigation, which it was, turned into involving uh, reincarnation of families, not only over generations, but over thousands of years. It involved contact with the spirit world, multiple spirits who were kind of guiding us. In fact, uh, there, one of the chapters in the book is called The Stage Manager, and George will tell you a good bit about that. But we were pretty much directed to, uh, in this UFO investigation by spirits from the spirit world. And we also, uh, to, to make it a little more complex, we kept bumping into uh, higher evolved beings. So it, it's like everybody up yonder decided to get on a tour bus and, hey, let's go to Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, a vast, vast amount of information uh, was un was un uncovered and revealed, and much of what Dan and I had to do was work very diligently to stay focused on we're telling the Lindsay Higgins story and not get off on too many too many tangents. But there were some so many elements that were so involved with the Lindsay story that we had to include them. And one of which Dan alluded to was there was a very active uh, presence involved in all of this, who is in this chapter called the stage manager. Basically, uh, her role was bringing the people together to tell this story. And she kind of kept the momentum going. And we learned more about her, got rather acquainted with her uh, by means of the pendulum and by some of our uh, uh, mediums who had marvelous conversations uh, with her. Uh, so it was a multifaceted uh, team and it just went in so many directions. It was one heck of an adventure and it's a pretty good read. It's my personal opinion that uh, this whole thing was uh, uh, back with the first book, Paranormal Pendulum uh, Dowsing of the Seas. I think at some point, uh, I was nudged to George, and then George was nudged to help me out, and then we were both nudged to investigate the Lindsay Higgins story. I think we were—I mm -hmm. don't want to say manipulated or guided, no. but I think we were—we were nudged along. Like uh, again, on the the first two pendulum books, the paranormal pendulum books, I did all my research in Louisiana. That's a twelve hundred mile drive one way. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's. You know, instead of doing the research here in Arizona, well, I drive 1,200 miles and, and do it over there. <laughs> so, so I, you know, made 2,400-mile round trips to Louisiana all the time. I think somebody was, you know, go along, in, go along, go along, Dan, this way, this way. Very much uh, so. I, I think Very the point so. was, at this point, to get uh, so far, let me put it so far, I think the point so far was to get the Lindsey Higgins story out there. Mm -hmm. It's an important story. Well, I guess without giving too, too much away, of course, so that people will go and check out the book, which I highly recommend doing, uh, what's, what's kind of like a quick run over as far as like her story, like what exactly happened as far as like her UFO abduction goes? That's yours, George. Yeah, I'm trying to think, how do you summarize it? My gosh. Um, <laughs> you can't. What, what, yeah, what we, what we discovered, um, is that Lindsay, as apparently so many other individuals, uh, I mean, many, many years ago, I was very active in the Mutual UFO Network as an assistant state director for Louisiana. So I had a chance to 
uh, interview and talk to a lot of people who had had various experiences and encounters. So I had some some familiarity uh, with what uh, Lindsay was describing. In fact, everything she described to me, I had heard from others uh, many years ago. So that immediately gave some validity in my mind that what she was relating were based on actual experiences as best she remembered them. Okay, these weren't dreams, these were actual memories. And uh, what we ended up with determining is that there are individuals who have been working, if you will, with Lindsay for many thousands of years. That she's part of a group uh, that, because of her ability to reincarnate, she's um, she has the ability to carry information, learn that information, pass that information on. Uh, it's something that's been ongoing for a long, long time. This was um, rather comforting for Lindsay because. Uh, like many abductions, they're often presented as, as criminal behavior. You know, just out of nowhere, you're kidnapped. But that's certainly not the case with Lindsay and the other folks I'm familiar with. It's not that case with them. They are, they are well known to the individuals who are working with them. Uh, they may not have a full memory of that, and that's where the startle comes in. Um, but it's something that's been in play for Lindsay for quite a long while. And as Lindsay put it, uh, well, if I agreed to it, then it's okay to continue. And that greatly reduced her anxiety and any of the discomforts that she had associated with her encounters for all these many, many years. And um, the result of Lindsay having gone through this process um, was she reached a point where she was informed, well, you can ask that there not be any discomfort with any of these visitations. And she asked. <laughs> and I uh, communicated with Lindsay recently just to see if anything's been going on um, for, since we last uh, spoke with her. No, things have been very quiet. And she did report that once she asked that there be no discomfort, there were some instances where there were involvement, but there was no discomfort. So uh, it, it worked out very well for Lindsay, let's put it that way. And we learned a whole lot. So is it a matter of they're trying to almost like store things within like her memory and within her consciousness because they know that she has the ability to like to um, to basically to come back down again. So, so the intention is that they're trying to almost like progress uh, the evolution of like society through like memories or whatever they happen to want to like store within her mind. Is that, is that kind of the intention? I don't know if it's that broad with specifically with, with Lindsay, but uh, for sure she's well known to them. They know her once she made their acquaintance and particularly the main individual, um, that just for reference purposes, uh, we called E.T. And he said, okay, that's cool. You can call me E.T. <laughs> and he was a very, very highly evolved being. And he was kind of the um, master of ceremonies for everything that's going on with Lindsay. And um, uh, actually, Dan, let me pass it over to you to describe uh, when you and Lauren were acquainted with him 
at the park. Well, yeah, yeah, that was one of uh, really a, a number of very, very interesting and occasionally very <coughs> moving moments. Uh, one thing I need to uh, point out is that in terms of memory, a lot of her story did not come out uh, until we actually started doing the pendulum dowsing and started meeting with the mediums. And so her, her backstory, uh, she, what she was not familiar with, eventually came out, but that took, uh, you know, two years of, of research. Uh, heavy with the pendulum dowsing, heavy with the involvement of uh, uh, some very talented mediums. The situation George is talking about, we were out in a park uh, in Bossier City, and there was uh, so me, George, uh, Lauren, and uh, her husband, David, who is, a, who is a dowser, and she's a very talented medium. And at some point, you know, we were sitting in kind of a, a semicircle and just trying to make contact, you know, nothing, nothing too heavy. But uh, <coughs> Lauren and I started picking up on something. And I, I looked over to Lauren and I said, are you feeling that? And she said, yeah, I'm feeling that. She said, I am seeing purple, kind of a purple haze. Uh, I'm not a medium. I, I, you know, I can't see dead people. She can. But she was saying, she said, it's a gorgeous purple haze. And I said, I am feeling tremendous emotional power beaming out at us. She said, oh, yeah, me too. And it was, uh, I started cheering up. In fact, on the transcript, uh, we record everything we do. On the transcript, you, you hear Dan going, man, I am, I am tearing up. We had such a, uh, I don't say overwhelming, but it was such a beautiful feeling that uh, Lauren described it as mother love. It was just waving over us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, and that experience of uh, the entity we call ET. Right. Yeah. Well, I requested that you know ET is our way that you can present yourself, and that's the way he came across, and it was uh, quite quite impactive. One of the keys when you're doing, especially dowsing, uh, is uh, the emotional response. Like uh, several times. Uh, I've been involved in the releasing of a spirit, things like that. Several, when you have a, an overwhelming, powerful, wonderful emotion like that, you know, it's not something built up like in a political speech or built up in a, like a tent revival. It's just something that happens. You know, it's real. There, there's no way to say that uh, it's not happening. See, if uh, she, you said that she was kind of feeling like a motherly love type of feeling. Uh, do you think it's possible that she may she be? Called, she described it as mother love. Do you think that it, um, it has something to do with, uh, you hear about like the idea about like hybrids and, you know, not necessarily like a physical hybrid, but possibly like the consciousness might be like a hybrid between like a human consciousness and possibly like an extraterrestrial consciousness. Do you think that there, she might've been tapping into something like that where maybe her consciousness is possibly rooted with this uh, specific uh, ET being? I couldn't say about that. All I can say is that, uh, I think the, I think this we call it ET is not an ET. We just that was just the name we applied to the to the mm -hmm. to the being. I think this being was something far above you and me and uh, the basic spirit initial spirit world uh, uh, UFO experience. I think it was a very very high, highly evolved being who had come down to mm -hmm. visit with us, and I think the connection was. Uh, George and David weren't excluded. I just think she was uh, the, the being was just focused on uh, me and Lauren for some particular reason. So this I, is I'm not there may there may be a personal connection, but I, I can't say that. 
So uh, this is a little bit of a sidebar question, but uh, just because you guys have made contact, I'm always definitely curious on what kind of a backstory people really get when it comes to this. Uh, but as far as like extraterrestrials, you kind of have this divide between them possibly being something that's interdimensional. Uh, it could also be something that's using like wormholes or portals in order to be able to travel long distances or a little bit more physical. Uh, what, what's kind of your guys' understanding as far as like ETs or terrestrials go? Um, do you think that there's something that's more interdimensional or something that's a little bit more physical and using just some type of advanced technology in order to get uh, get to uh, where we are? Yes. All of the above. <laughs> All of the above. I just think when you, when, you, when you say UFOs, I think you're talking about a very complex series, set of issues. I think there are different types of UFOs coming from different places. Let me put it that way. <clears throat> I mean, even within that too, uh, I mean, there's kind of like, it's it's such a mixed phenomenon that you, you know that there's definitely some government ones. You know that there's also interdimensional ones. There's definitely the huge possibility about there being like physical ones coming from other places in our galaxy. But it's, it's a really hard question to answer just because, you know, it's a huge combination between all of these different things. And I mean, there may be a, one that's a little bit more primary than the other ones, but at least like where we are right now, I feel like, uh, you know, 50, 60 years ago, it was a little bit more of possibly the physical ones, or maybe it was just the way that we we're interpreting them. But as time's kind of shifted on, it kind of seems like uh, we're having more of contact with uh, more of the interdimensional types of them. And I don't know if that's maybe just because we're just seeing them in a different perspective, or maybe it's because through different periods in time, uh, we make different contacts with different groups of extraterrestrials. But uh, what, what's kind of your guys' view on that? Uh, my view, um, I think, yeah, the, the the modern era came out came come out came out in like a World War II with the Foo Fighters, and we were very technology oriented. If you notice, in the last oh, 40 or fifty years, there's been a great shift towards more more towards the metaphysical. Uh, there's there's a lot more um, meditation going on, for example, uh, exploration of other other dimensions, and I think it's just. Uh, we are as a as a species are more ready for for different types of involvement do you think it might have something to do with everybody talks about like the raising of elevate or the elevation of consciousness or like raising a vibrational consciousness do you think it might have something to do with that that mm -hmm. as like the human consciousness is starting to Absolutely. shift we're starting to be able to have contact with different types of beings and as maybe we shift away from a certain realm of thinking maybe it kind of not necessarily blocks us off from that group but maybe like that group's not as interested in us anymore and as we raise up uh it's just like almost like unlocking a door into like a new group of uh extraterrestrial interdimensional beings what are you talking about the the, the six thousand years angle uh. <laughs> um the 6,000 year angle, Dan's referring to the, the earliest date we were given when Lindsay and E.T. Uh, on a different plane, on a different plane, um, she agreed to be a part of this long-term process. And as best we can determine, the goal of this process <clears throat> um, for humans, for human beings at least, would be to one, extend the normal lifetime to at least 150 years and to greatly develop the sixth sense so that humans would be able to more freely 
interact and engage with other folks in different realms. And that's something that we, we probably once had that was lost or uh, subverted for whatever reason. But that seems to be uh, the two big focal points uh, of how we are benefiting from this interaction. Yeah, more of us are ready to receive the information. Therefore, more of us are receiving the information mm -hmm. via contact. So uh, just out of curiosity, too, you guys have been talking about this one specific woman that you tried this with. Have you guys actually have you guys tried this method with uh, any other abductees possibly? No, no, no. We, we've, uh, no. Now, the focus of this work, was, again, Lindsay's story was so complex. And so, uh, you know, we had to focus exclus exclusively on her. And then um, the, uh, I, think, I think one of the reasons we were nudged to uh, so hard on, on her story. Again, I think, again, this is just my opinion. But again, I think the spirits were nudging us along to get Lindsay out there so that she could tell other people. There, this is happening to a lot of people, and if it's happening to you, you're not alone. You know, you can come out. Don't be afraid to come out. There are people out there who can help you through it. But basically, it's okay to talk about what's happening to you. Uh, again, you're not alone. Yeah, and let me add here that uh, we think that the uh, stage manager. Uh, moved Lindsay to a point to where she, Lindsay needed to get this story out. She'd been sitting on it for all of her life and it was really hard for her. You know, you can't talk to most people about this kind of experience through much of her life. And she was led to a uh, podcast um, that involved um, uh, basically uh, an invitation from a Los Angeles-based production company who were looking for people who had a lifetime of paranormal experiences for a, a, a Netflix um, uh, series. And she applied. Within 24 hours, heard back from the company. Uh, they set up a formal interview. Boom. She told her story, and they said, we're doing you. So Lindsay went out to Los Angeles and um, became a part of uh, the Netflix series Haunted, season one, and her episode, her story is told in episode five. So your listeners, if they do Netflix, they can actually get the Lindsay story as she says it uh, in that uh, Haunted, season one, episode five. Yeah, that episode features George, by the way. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, assumably then... Uh, what kind of led up to her figuring out that she was a she was an abductee was the fact that she was having a lot of uh, like paranormal experiences, I assume, then. And uh, do you think with some of those paranormal experiences that it may have been either one, uh, possibly that she just is on that right wavelength of thinking? Or do you think that considering all the contact that you guys have made, kind of being able to push her story along, do you think it may have more so been some of these spirits on the other side, possibly trying to basically contact her to almost tell her like what was going on with her? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, one Absolutely. thing that um, one thing Dan and I did uh, discover, if you will, uh, was that the uh, the property, the land uh, where Lindsay grew up and had so many of these childhood encounters and seeing uh, 
things that most people wouldn't see. Dan, you can tell about the uh, uh, the Caddo Indians as an example. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out that there was a portal adjacent to that property, and it was an active portal with coming and going. So there was a lot of interdimensional traffic in that immediate area, and she was of an ability where she kind of apparently tapped into it and could and, and could appreciate it. If sometimes see it visually, sometimes just sense that is happening um so that that explained a lot i think of uh, her experiences the fact that uh, there was a portal <laughs> next to the house yeah right place right time mm-hmm. see especially when it comes to like the portal stuff too um that that's always something that like ultra fascinates me because it's uh it's there's so much, it's, it seems like it's one of those things that it could almost naturally occur, but at the same time, sometimes they almost seem like they're placed, or maybe it's like the thinning of the veil, as some people kind of like to say, but um, oh. at least from your guys' research, oh, yeah. have you guys oh. kind of noticed why uh, there might possibly be a reason why some of these portals open specifically? Do you think it's just perfect placement, or you think they're created? Like, what, what, what's kind of your guys' view as far as, like, portals go? Well, the, the, the portal, portal, on, the portal. Pla- on, the, on the property where Lindsay grew up, we, we discovered existed before the earth was formed it's always been there but we uh, through our research we've discovered other portals in the general area that were manufactured in the last uh, 100 years or so so the the, the portals are both uh, timeless and also they're manufactured and apparently uh, uh, maintenance is conducted on them so you have you have both both types and then uh, as far as this portal goes specifically, does it seem like it's more so like an interdimensional or like an all-in-one thing? Because usually where you find these portal locations, it kind of seems like there's like a cluster of a lot of different phenomena that all happens in one place. But, you know, there will be a lot of like UFO uh, sightings. There'll be some paranormal things that'll happen. You may, sometimes even cryptids kind of get thrown into the mix. So when it comes to portals, at least from like your guys' view of it, do you guys think that it's something that there's certain portals that are specific to a certain type of entity, or do you think that it's just kind of like an all in one that once a portal is created, almost any type of anything from any type of reality is able to just transverse through this, through this portal. It would, it would depend on the individual's yeah. uh, evolutionary state. Uh, the higher evolved they are, the more likely they are to be able to use the portal of uh, the less developed. They are, they won't even know the portals there. So, like, Earthbound Spirits, for example, um, do you think that they would have the possibility to be able to use a portal in general, or do you think it's only certain types of portals? Uh, Because that's one one thing that I've always kind of been curious about is the idea about how there's always, like, phenomenon that happens around portals. And, I mean, of course, there's the whole idea that there's a lot of, like, energy that's mixed in, and I mean, like, like like, electronic energy that's mixed in with the whole... Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill paranormal phenomenon and i've kind of always had this understanding that it seems like there's 
almost like a burst of electronic energy that happens when a portal is used. So maybe the paranormal is drawn to it because of the energy specifically rather than actually being able to use it. Uh, but where do you, where do you think the like uh, earthbound spirit connection kind of comes in with portals? Do you think that it's something that they're able to, I guess, kind of use, or do you think that they're just kind of drawn to it just because of the energy that it gives off? Well, yeah, let me take that one. Yeah, personally, the, the spirits don't need a portal. They have no need for a portal. Uh, the fact that uh, spirits are, for example, uh, in a haunted house is kind of a misnomer. There are trapped spirits, but that, that is very rare. If you go to a haunted house, the spirits you encounter there are there because that's where you, you go to, that's where you went to encounter the spirits. Uh, they're quite mobile, they can move around. Uh, earth, they're earthbound spirits who are afraid to cross over. That's fairly rare. There are earth-connected spirits who come back uh, apparently regularly. Uh, for example, uh, what we learned, once you cross over, you have, uh, you have lots of options. And one of those options is to stay around at that, I, I would call it the basic level. And for example, if you want to just stick around and find out you know, how the grandkids are doing, uh, you want to find out how your wife is doing or how your spouse is doing, uh, you can stay at that level and come back to the earth anytime you want to. In fact, we have run into spirits who come back to the earth regularly just to enjoy a good time. Uh, I encountered, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I encountered a spirit who was, uh, again, true story, a uh, guy who was, uh, did this, this was out in Arizona at a ranch, at a ghost ranch. But a guy in 1939 married his sweetheart. He was a cowhand working at a big ranch, a big ranch out there. And the, the ranch owner and the foreman threw him a big party. I mean, they had everybody there. They were dancing and singing and passing the judge and jug and playing the guitars. And it was just the best time of his life. And he was marrying his, you know, the, the, the love of his life, the sweetheart of his life, the best night of his life. Uh, Pearl Harbor comes along. He volunteers for the Marines. He goes over and he's killed on an island in, in the Pacific. And in discussing with him, we had a long conversation. He basically told us, he said, I come back here because I can relive the best night of my life. It's, it's, uh, it's like a vacation. So does it almost so, kind of so seem like... Is that there, there's no need for a spirit to, uh, to involve portals. Now, if there's energy around, they may be attracted to that. That could be, but there, there's no need for them to use it. So if they're able to like relive like one of their favorite moments, uh, do you think that's kind of one of those things that everybody talks about the difference between like an intelligent and a residual yeah. haunting? But do you think it's possible that uh, if something is like a residual haunting and it's just a, an event that that plays over and over again? And I've kind of even thrown the idea a few times on the show that that might not necessarily always be a negative thing. There could be something that's so happy that happens that it creates this residual haunting, so to speak, because it's just entrapping that specific moment through time. Do you think that it's possible for uh, like intelligent uh, hauntings to interact with residual hauntings to like kind of live out these memories? Like it's almost like a like a movie's playing in front of them and they can kind of just hop in and experience it as they choose to do it because of that event just no, echoing through no. time. No, no, I, I don't believe in resi residual hauntings. Uh, I think they come back and they they experience it because they can. They can manipulate it. They can also, we have, we have been into what you would call a residual haunting, an experience being relived, and talk to the spirit, and he will step out of that, that experience to converse with us, and then go back. For example, if, you know, we, uh, I'll make this up. Say we went into a card game in the 1880s, and a guy was having a good time because he enjoyed playing cards at the Birdcage Theater in, in Tombstone. 
he could he could be doing that. We could be recording that, and he could step aside and come and converse with us at the same time. Hmm. I've never heard that perspective uh, on it before. I, I, don't, I just again, this is my personal opinion, but I just don't believe in residual haunting. Uh, yeah, they could they can come and go as they please. I mean, that makes a lot more sense with at least uh, the kind of idea that I've kind of expressed towards it, where it seems like not all of these hauntings that, again, people like to call residual hauntings always seem bad. Uh, you know, prime example, when you go to like the old ghost towns and you go near the saloons and you hear all the music playing, and you hear like glasses clinking and things, uh, you know, again, I kind of threw the idea possibly that something could be so happy that it creates a residual haunting. But if you're kind of throwing that idea out of the mix completely, it makes sense well, that's that... That's just my belief. I mean, I'm not saying right or wrong. That's just my personal belief. Oh, no. But, I mean, it totally completely makes sense, though, that if they have the opportunity to go back to a time when they it was an enjoy it was a t fun time for them then it would kind of make sense with all of the with all the music like that because everybody likes to kind of throw in the whole like traumatic event concept into it but it doesn't always seem that way to me so if that's the case that that isn't necessarily what's happening the whole idea of residual hauntings that people believe in uh then it would make sense with like the saloon music and the, when you hear like things that sound like good times that rather than it being something that's residual and echoing it's just these spirits coming back to this specific time and place to enjoy a moment that they really enjoyed at the time yeah i asked several several times in several different conversations with spirits over a couple of years and i used the word uh, I would ask, you know, is this like coming, are you taking a vacation? And I got a definite yes every time. <laughs> so if, if they're still tied to the earth plane and they want to relive those experiences, they can. And at some point, if they're ready, the spirit can then, you know, if they want to move up to a higher spiritual level. Have you uh, kind of had the opportunity to possibly kind of figure out like what their perspective of that would be? Like, are, do you think that they're actually seeing all these events and things happening in this time? Or do you think it's more like a collaboration where all of these uh, people that lived at this time come back to this location and they're kind of just at the location, but they're not necessarily like perceiving it as the time period that they were doing these events in? Uh, again, you get both. We have spirits who come back to relive, uh, relive a specific experience. Then we have uh, spirits like uh, our stage manager, Kate Bateman, who comes back for a specific reason. And George can address that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, she, uh, she came back. This is the, our personal experience. She came back not to relive an experience, but to enhance someone else's experience. Jump in here, George. Yeah, I, tell, I, me, I, tell me about Yeah, I tend to believe that... Um, um, kindred spirits tend to incarnate as a cohort. So in a sense, everybody knows everybody else in some, some level. And that seems to be, um, that seems to be what's going on. I'm, I'm more and more comfortable with the cohort aspect of, uh, if you will, incarnation. Um, but Lynch is a perfect example. Yeah. Um, there was a session that, uh, pendulum session Dan and I held with Lindsay and what Lindsay was wanting to do was talk to the spirit of her previous incarnation. Okay. She had previously been incarnated, uh, in generally the same area, uh, with the same family members. Uh, and in that previous incarnation, she was also still having visitations with the extraterrestrials. And that's where we kind of learned this has been an ongoing thing for some time. 
but she wanted to, if you will, talk to herself in the past life. So we had a situation where you've got physical Lindsay here and now carrying on conversation with me and Dan. And by means of the pendulum, Lindsay's having a conversation with herself as the spirit of her previous incarnation. And that just told a lot that life is much, much more um, rich uh, than ever, ever I had previously considered. It's just, um, just a richness and a vastness and just a whole lot more fun. See, that starts kind of getting into like a, like a really deep concept kind of explaining that almost like there's, there's like a soul to a specific body or reincarnation of somebody, but then there's also this other consciousness that exists beyond that, that's able to transverse, but there's still the like leftover of them as that person. Or maybe it's one of those things that all time is existing at the same time. And maybe there's multifacets to your consciousness that are all existing in multiple places at the same time. And then they're able to communicate with each other. But uh, what, like, what's, what's kind of your view on that? How do you, how do you think that that whole, uh, that whole kind of scheme works as far as um, being able to contact different variations of yourself, um, but still having the same consciousness? Do you think it's, it's like a split or do you think like, how, how do you guys kind of view it? You want to take that one? I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, It became evident that our consciousness, our, our, ourselves, our soul, if you want to use that term, is infinitely more vast than certainly this kid had previously imagined. That kind of had a basic belief that, um, one soul, one body, one life. Uh, but it turns out that no, the soul is so vast that you can have multiple incarnations simultaneously or spread over time. And that concept um, really just opened everything up that, whoa, hello. <laughs> uh, who we are is a whole lot greater than what we imagine. See, that kind of makes yeah, me wonder George if... Touched, something George touched on about the, the group reincarnation, though. Lindsay's current dad and her sister were also her current dad and her sister in the previous incarnation. See, that kind of, uh, that, that kind of lends credence to the fact of almost like, I don't want to say necessarily like, like a hive mind type of concept, but it's just consciousness split and spread between multiple places all at once. So like I've kind of wondered when you talk about reincarnation, if, if time isn't necessarily linear, if two physical versions of the same person could exist at the same time and they're just playing out two different lives. So obviously they wouldn't be like two of the same person within the same reality, but you know, there'd be like one incarnation, another incarnation that might cross over and exist at the same time. And if the, the soul is greater than, how I've kind of viewed it. Cause I've kind of always seen it as with the whole reincarnation concept that only one could exist in reality at a time. But if it's more vast than that, it kind of answers some other questions I've had as far as like, if two versions of yourself yeah, could exist at the same time. Definitely more vast. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, you consider the fact that we're, you know, science is now proved. There are other dimensions. Okay. And 
again, this is just my belief, but uncounted other dimensions. So maybe at times there's even a crossover. See, that's what I was kind of mm-hmm. thinking. There might be some like tail ending off. Cause like you'll hear about some, uh, like, like some of the reincarnation stories where people will explain like how somebody died or they'll have like the birthmark. Cause that's one thing that I've seen that seems pretty common is that when it comes to like yeah. reincarnation, you have the weird birthmark, which usually is how you died in a past life. And there's some of these times when this person will have been born before the person that they're claiming to have been dies. Even if it's like within like a year of them being born, there's like that slight little bit of crossover. And mm-hmm. that's always been kind of a gray area where I didn't quite know how to explain that. But you know, with this whole I- new idea and concept to it, like that completely makes sense. And I mean, some people even kind of throw the idea too, that it's almost like their first couple of years of life before you actually become quote, like conscious and realize like you're a living person at that time. Uh, maybe there's like an adapting period where it's more like a, like a vessel that's just running off of pure instinct. And then once the brain or antenna, whatever, however you want, kind of want to refer to it or think of it as develops, then that's when like the consciousness shift happens. So then maybe it would make, it makes a little bit more sense that it might happen within the first like year or two of that person being alive that the other person that they claim to be later on in life passes away is because they were living the end of that of that life and then once the new vessel was quote like ready and wasn't just running off of just prime instinct then it transfers into that and that could be that moment that they say when you're around like three that you kind of just realize that you're a person and that you exist yeah could be Interesting thing, just a sidebar here, but uh, about birthmark. I've got a perfectly round birthmark on my right knee. And in my right knee, uh, I've got uh, see, I've got a, a benign tumor, a bone spur. And on that side of my knee, I've got uh, no cartilage whatsoever. And uh, I was sitting, I was wearing my shorts one day. I was sitting with a psyche, and she looked at it and said, that's where you got shot. Just to tie in with what you just said, actually, too, I have a birthmark that's uh, right over my, it was right over my heart before I ended up getting it covered up with a tattoo at one point. Uh, But I did a past life regression. And in that, I was a Viking at a different point in time. And I'm sure that there's obviously a lot more levels to this, but I had, I guess, ended up like killing myself because I couldn't find my daughter because the whole principle of that life was that my daughter died at a young age. And I was trying to go through all of these like, magical concepts in order to be able to find her again. Um, but that, I guess I, I didn't end up dying the way that I assumed that I would have because of that birthmark. But now I kind of take that as it, that wasn't necessarily my last life linearly, but it may have been the one that I was yeah. the most attached to. And it seems like when people do these past life regressions, what comes up first isn't necessarily like the order in which that you've lived these lives, but rather the one that you were the most, most tied to. And when it, kind of comes back to that back and forth with that i've kind of noticed something as far as like past lives that it seems like uh whatever life you are the most tied to is the one that you're trying to like counteract and be different of in this life and maybe that's the reason why is that when you're doing this back and forth uh i guess kind of like a karma concept that you're all the bad that you did in this one you're trying to correct in this life they may not be back to back like how people assume that assume that they are you know you could be doing this through different times where you know i'm attached say to this viking one that was way way farther beyond uh what my last one was linearly speaking but you know in the next life maybe that'll end up being the one that was my last life because that'll be the one that has to counterbalance itself. And it's not necessarily like this back and forth, but rather this like jumping around, trying to balance each end of each other. Um, 
and one might be farther back and this one may be really far in the future. They're not necessarily back to back. Like a lot of people may perceive that they are. Yeah, it's absolutely. Uh, I'm a, I am a registered clinical hypnotherapist and I've done, I, I don't know, I don't know how many dozens of, of past life regressions, but you know, again, this is my theory, but the, the past life that you're remembering, like you're Viking is probably the most important to you now because of the lesson you need to learn from that experience. That's why it's servicing now. There, there's a lesson to be learned from that. that my theory. No, that, 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 that was kind of like what I, along the same line of thinking that I was going as far as that goes. And uh, going into like past life regressions, because I, I always find this one absolutely fascinating. Um, have you have you ever actually done a past life regression for yourself? And if so, like what um what what other lives have you have you lived? Kind of like a brief summary. I, I always find these absolutely interesting. I haven't. I don't research myself. Uh, I'm too cl I'm too close to the subject matter. I don't do my own psychic my own readings. I, I'm just too close to the situation. However, uh, as, as as I told George recently, uh, I have a hint where I may have gotten that wound. And I'm going to go go to that location and see if I pick up anything. But that that's as close as I've come to exploring my own past lives. And uh, I know this is kind of bouncing back a little bit farther into it, but of course, uh, George, you said you started off at doing research for MUFON, and Dan, you started off with kind of like the paranormal side of things. I always like to kind of ask people what got them into the topic specifically. Uh, did you guys have your own experiences that got you into uh, the specific thing that you guys are into, or was it just kind of like you had a drawing to it and you were interested in it just, uh, you know, out of pure curiosity? For myself, I've always, I, I cannot remember a time when I was not interested in what we now call the paranormal. Uh, so that was just, that was just an inherent, um, uh, interest from the get go. Um, um, so there wasn't any particular event that sparked it. It's just, it has evolved so that I'm a little more perceptive to things and certainly much more accepting of what's happening. And um, that really enriches uh, certainly my daily experience. Yeah, as I said earlier, uh yeah, as I grew up, I always was interested in the paranormal, but it was just kind of out there. It, it was, you know, you read, read an article in Reader's Digest, and that, that was pretty much the, the limit of my research. And I didn't get interested until I had that overwhelming uh, desire to go find missing persons. And well, I tell you, once you get started on that road, uh, you start out with one question. As soon as it gets answered, you have 10 more. As soon as you answer those, you have 100 more. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's part of the that's part of the uh, the challenge. It's also part of the joy. Mm -hmm. Very much so. That's the adventure. See, and this actually this is a uh, perfect time to actually ask this because I haven't actually had the opportunity to one talk to somebody <coughs> that uh, has actually tried to look into missing people cases as far as like using like psychic gifts with it and also too uh i've talked to a lot of different researchers on the show but i don't know if i've actually ever had somebody specifically that ever was part of mufon so i always like to ask about people's previous uh investigating uh as far as both of your guys backgrounds go uh do you guys have like a specific favorite case that you guys worked on um that you guys would be interested in sharing 
working together, that would be no, the probably Higgins most case. interesting would be uh, Lindsay Higgins. Yeah. That's that's the one big case we've done. So together. much territory. So much territory. See, that's one of those cases, too, that it starts connecting everything, because one thing that seems to be a pretty common thing talked about as far as these shows go um, are this this connection that there is between, like, the paranormal, uh, the extraterrestrial side of things, and even, like, the cryptid side of things, and there's a lot of, like, blurred lines between it, and the communities have been divided for so long, so that it, it's, it's a really cool thing that you guys are some of the first, I feel, that are starting to really be able to connect all of these ideas all into one place. And especially with the whole idea about uh, connecting with extraterrestrials telepathically being the same means of communicating with the spirit world. Like that's one of those, I think, first ties to really being able to understand this phenomenon. And uh, as far as like, I don't know if you guys get any into any kind of like cryptid research, but uh, at least digging into what you guys have, have you guys found any connecting factors where maybe all three of these things are starting to find like a center point? Well, I, I haven't done any research on cryptids at all. Me neither. Say, so sometimes you hear about, like, uh, when it comes to, like, extraterrestrials and stuff, people all have, like, theories as far as, like, Sasquatch. Um, I mean, more often than not, it probably seems like maybe it's just something that they're interested in, just like how we would be interested in. Uh, so I kind of, like, that's how I kind of feel might be the tie with that one, at least, is that... Maybe they are different interdimensional beings from different places, or maybe it's simply the fact that there's this advanced uh, race of beings and they're just interested in any weird anomalous phenomenon, just the same as like we would be. And assumably too, um, same with like the paranormal, it seems like extraterrestrials would be interested in that just based off of like the research aspect of it. And do you think that there's more of a tie to that than we realize, or do you think it's mainly just that there's this advanced race of beings and they're interested in both of these phenomenons. And that's kind of where these things start to coincide all together is just that there's a cluster just out of one advanced race being interested in the other two anomalous uh, events that are happening. Well, yeah, in my opinion, it's just uh, Earth apparently is very interesting, a very interesting place to a lot of different races. And I think maybe we are a, uh, in some cases, a tourist destination. In some cases, I think we are an experimentation. In some places, I think there are a lot of beings trying to help us, uh, as George said, uh, evolve into uh, our better selves. Sometimes it almost yeah, seems like we're almost like a crossroad. There are there are a lot of there are a lot of different beings out there coming here for a lot of different reasons. Mostly benign. Say so it seems like when you kind of include mm -hmm. like the portal concept into things, um, maybe we're almost kind of like a crossroads where maybe we're like the one point in the in this reality or the universe where all of these things are able to coincide and that's more so as what's happening is the whole like grand central station concept that this is like the one place that they can all kind of mm -hmm. be around at the same time because i've been kind of curious too you know off world and like where the extraterrestrials are coming from be it interdimensionally or physically like within our reality existing i've been kind of curious if there's uh like spirits or like ghosts or like the paranormal side of like extraterrestrials like when they pass do they is there the possibility that they may also become like wandering spirits or are they too elevated mentally that that isn't really the case for them but it's just oh it's always been something i've been kind of interested in is if some of these extraterrestrial locations or interdimensional locations also have their own version of the spirit world that's existing within them 
Uh, I did a reading. This, this is something that we have not not explored, and it, it just came up. But I did a reading with a uh, Native American spirit who said he encountered a, the spirit of what we would call an ET on the other side. And that that's that's all the information I have on that particular subject. But apparently, some ETs mm. cross over to our our side of over there. That kind of makes you wonder too if it's uh you know people talk about how if somebody's like a bad person in life then they they go through like this purgatory state it makes you kind of wonder if it could be the same with extraterrestrials that they are elevated beyond us but there is definitely some of the stragglers that still exist and if maybe one of them spends their life doing not the best things that they almost kind of go into this like purgatory state rather than like elevating up because I've always been kind of curious about that too, is if like, for example, you don't live out like your soul contract, if rather than getting to restart, you almost have like a period where you kind of have to like sit and skew before you're able to restart again. And maybe it's it's just a matter of like reflection and just contemplating like the mistakes that you've made during this life or possibly voided like the soul contract. <laughs> and you just have to sit and figure it out before you're able to then again, get reincarnated again. What we encountered in, in our research is that once you once you cross over and you do go into the white light and once you land there, there you have you know, mom and dad, Fido, whatever. You, you land in a fairly earth-like environment, which is which allows it allows you to enter into the, the, the grander experience. But apparently you do have a uh, you do appear before a council to review your life. You do have a life review. And it is not, uh, it's not a trial. It's not, accu accusa accus it's not, uh, you're not accused of anything. Uh, you actually, you sit down and you review your life and you decide, uh, well, okay, I need to go back and I need to work on this, that, or the other. And that's when you reincarnate. Now, reincarnation is what they tell us is not mandatory. It's a choice. And then, I mean, at that point, too, it almost kind of makes you wonder if, uh, you know, some, say somebody doesn't live up to their soul contract, if in a weird way that might actually be part of the soul contract is because it seems like life is all about experience. Uh, maybe it's not necessarily the same for some of these mm -hmm. other types of beings, but uh, maybe some of the soul contract is to go against the contract uh, just to see what the experience is like in the first place. So maybe there's not necessarily ever voiding a soul contract, but there is just kind of going on the fringe lines of it just for the sake of the experience to say that you've lived that life and have done that before. Yeah, I mean, Everything it could be that, uh, yeah, you, know, you live a perfectly good life here on earth and you go up there and you decide, well, I need to learn what it's like to be a jerk. So you reincarnate as a jerk to a, experience what it's like on that end or vice versa have you guys ever it depends on what what you think you need to learn to evolve have you guys uh, ever heard of anything possibly where people reincarnate as a totally different species like uh somebody can be a human in this life and then reincarnate um to be an extraterrestrial in another life and then maybe even vice versa that there's an extraterrestrial and it reincarnates as a human in a life and then goes back to being an extraterrestrial just to have lived that experience before? Like, does it seem like the consciousness is all the same or like it's almost like a separate conscious type of consciousness? It's all part of the same right. consciousness. Have you, have you bumped yet? into that, George? Um, I've read a fair amount uh, that alludes to it that uh, um, it's not inconceivable that in a previous life you were 
an alien. Okay, uh, the the experiences are, are open. Uh, it's just does it match your spiritual evolution? And do you have the level there to take advantage of? It? And that's that's probably more of a of uh, a definitive situation. So uh, out of curiosity, too, you guys said that you're still kind of somewhat working on the case, even though the events have kind of like slowed down a little bit. Uh, are you guys in the process of working on a fourth book as far as the Pendulum series goes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and assumably, there's probably going to be a fifth one after that, too. As long as the case continues on going, I'm sure you guys are just going to keep rolling with it, right? Give them a teaser, George. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! Yeah, we are currently utilizing the pendulum and our our medium colleagues to uh, explore uh, something that Dan and I have heard pretty much all of our lives. We're we're both historians and and like history, and begin realizing that just about every civilization talks about their elders and their ancestors. And invariably, their ancestors will have a legend or a story of how their people interacted with the sky people and how the sky people were very important in their ancestors developing and evolving and becoming civilized. And, well, let's go explore what's going on between the sky people and our ancestors. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, it's real interesting. Uh, George is located uh, in the homeland of the mound building cultures, and I'm out here in the uh, land of the cliff dwellers. So we're, we're both conducting research in two different cultural areas, and we're going to compare notes because they're both uh, they both encountered sky people, and we're going to see how that uh, you know were they encountering the same sky people. What did what did you learn? That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, the research so far is uh, uh, intriguing to say the least. Sam, <laughs> I'm already excited for it. It sounds absolutely fascinating. Yeah, we uh, we'll be doing a session, and uh, well, I wasn't expecting that. But that comes up a lot. <laughs> Do you guys have an idea of uh, like when you guys possibly might uh, be releasing that book? I'm sure you guys are just starting on it. And it's kind of hard to pick like an exact release date, but just for all the listeners that might be interested in digging into it, uh, do you have like a time area of when they might want to start looking out for it? Based on our schedule, probably late spring. Yeah, that, that'd be a good target date, late spring. Oh, so yeah, you guys don't got too, too long then. Yeah, we're going to wrap up the research probably in December. Get together, decide, uh, you know, who, what, where, when, why, and how of putting it together, and we'll start writing it. So yeah, early uh, late spring will be a good target date. Say so when you guys uh, go to release that book, I would love to have you guys come back on and talk more about it because I don't want to ask too many questions as far as uh, what you guys are digging into yet because you guys are just starting to do it. But once you guys kind of get your all of your ideas in one place, I'd love to have you guys back on and talk more about it. So uh, Absolutely. kind of, kind of uh, steering towards the end a little bit, I always like to uh, leave with words of wisdom before we get into all the links and where everybody can find all your guys' works at. Uh, so if there's any words <laughs> of wisdom that you guys could bestow on the listeners, what might it be? I would say uh, 
the paranormal world is vast, more, more it's bigger than we can possibly conceive. It's fascinating. Uh, it's enlightening. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, I would encourage everybody, everybody's psychic. You have an ability. Uh, you can ignore it. You can pretend, pretend it doesn't exist. You can deny it. Or you can develop it and actually maybe do some good in the world. Do some good in the world. And I think that uh, what we call the paranormal uh, is, in fact, the normal. Um, and it's vast. It's 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 just it's just vast, and <laughs> it's a very big vast life. It's a very big vast, <laughs> <laughs> and life uh, is fun. It's an unexplained normal or misunderstood normal because there's a lot of stuff that you know. For years, the people were like, oh, that couldn't exist. Like even different types of animals, a lot of different stuff. They, they believe that it just couldn't exist outright. And it wasn't so much that it's not possible that it couldn't exist. It's just that they didn't have an understanding of how it exists. So this is something that I've even mentioned right. a few times right. with uh, like Sasquatch research that everybody talks about all these like possibilities that they might have. And I've thrown the idea that they could be a lot more natural than we realize because there's a lot of things that only exist in one place. And just because it only exists in one place doesn't mean that it doesn't exist at all. It's just a matter of you need to focus your point into one specific place and do research. And then with that, then it becomes a normal concept. And then we can start building an understanding of it instead of looking at it as like a woo woo concept. It then would just become something that we have an understanding of because realistically, every single science, everything that we have now at one point was magic or woo woo. And all it took was enough research and understanding to make it so that it became something that's normal and in the fold now. And I feel like we're at an elevated time right now where the paranormal and all of the weird fringe side of things is starting to uh, have a lot more of the mind focused on understanding of it. And hopefully within the next like generation or two, I think it'll be something that people consider to be completely normal and it won't be the paranormal, so to speak, anymore. Yeah, it's science yeah. that the science is not yet ready to accept, but it's still science. Exactly. So uh, with that, of course, uh, your guys' books, uh, everybody's been hearing about them. Uh, they're excited for the next one that's going to be coming out. Uh, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you guys to uh, maybe even throw some ideas with you, have a conversation, or come and find your books, uh, where can everybody come and find you guys on the internet, and where can people come and find your books at? Hey, well, uh, yeah, I, I write paranormal nonfiction. I also write... Uh, a, a good deal of fiction, and all my books are in ebook and paperback, and you can get them uh, yeah, wherever you can, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you buy your books, you you can get them. And my uh, my, my website www.danbaldwin.com and www.fournightspress.com f-o-u-r-k-n-i-g-h-t-s press.com, or uh, you can log on anytime. And my email address is on all those locations and in all my books, so I'm 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 always available. Mm -hmm. And uh, my website is www.georgesewell, be sure you get that middle initial E in, uh, .com. And I've got my books uh, at the site with links to uh, how they can be obtained, as well as uh, Philosophy and Mischief by Yours Truly. <laughs> Philosophy and Mischief is always fun. So highly recommend going and checking out everything that you guys have to offer to all the listeners out there. Yeah, appreciate it. 
I appreciate you guys uh, making the time to come on the show today. And uh, it's been a great conversation. And I'm looking forward to getting to talk to you guys next time about your next book. We will stay in touch. Okay, that'll be fun. Absolutely. If you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it through word of mouth, or you guys can always leave a review for the show on iTunes or Spotify. And if you guys leave a five-star, of course, on iTunes, then I will read on the show and give you guys a big shout-out. And uh, don't forget to report your encounters, because I would absolutely love to hear them. You guys can send them in to OMMEncounterReports at Outlook.com, or you guys can go to the link tree, and there is a submission form off of there to report an encounter. And uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, you guys can do so through social media or through email, which is increaseourrealitypodcast.outlook.com. Or you guys can go again to the link tree, fill the submission form, which is all the way at the top, and that will go directly to my email. And uh, every single email that I get, I do respond to. So make sure you guys check your spam and junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed because more often than not, it seems like a lot of my messages seem to go to people's spam or junk folders. And uh, everything that I mention is all available in the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that... Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.